Welcome to the Opportunity Collective, a collaborative network of emerging leaders who are creating new opportunities for ourselves, but more importantly, for others. I'm Daniel Eccles, and I'm here to guide you on the path to turning your plan A into a reality. And that's the impact that you feel called to make. And here's the secret sauce and how we make it happen. Collaboration is greater than competition. By working together, we can accomplish far more than we ever could alone. In each episode of the Opportunity Collective, we showcase remarkable leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs, and we start creating opportunities through three questions that we ask them. What are you excited about? How can you help? And how can we help you? So join the Opportunity Collective and start collaborating with other emerging leaders to create opportunities. Well, all of my creative friends, I think you're going to love today's guest, Elizabeth Barrick. She is doing so much. First off, she is an ESL teacher, usually, and that's like one of the major hats that she has. But some of the small things that she's doing along the side are just super creative and exciting and growing. Uh, That includes she teaches crafts for Michael's Craft Store to over 200 kids via video. There will be, of course, links to that in the show notes. So if you're interested in doing a craft with your kids, Elizabeth can teach them. But the major thing that we're going to talk about is her experience as a home chef or somebody that uh, just has really loved to cook different recipes that are descriptive of her heritage as a Mexican American woman. And she just really shines through with her passion for teaching and also cooking the things that uh, her grandmother uh, taught her and spreading her heritage to other people. So she's actually the guest chef on Charlotte News Stations. She was on Guy's Grocery Games on the Food Network. She was actually, spoiler alert, she was the winner. So that's amazing. And so and there are so many different things that she's doing. Uh, she's so creative. Uh, she has a lot of gifts and things to share with you, including you'll get a recipe from this episode in the show notes. So if you love to cook, make sure to check that out. But uh, yeah, there's so many cool things that she has to offer. And there are other ways at the end where she could use your help as other creatives, emerging leaders, and entrepreneurs. With the things that she is doing, she continues to have momentum with her cooking and she is excited about all those things, but there's still room for growth and we are never too successful to collaborate with other people and we need help. So stick to the end to make sure that you hear all the ways that you can help Elizabeth. And until then, let's let's get to it. Here's Elizabeth Barrick. Elizabeth, I'm just so happy to have found you through, I think it was all of that alumni's uh, Instagram page posted something about you. And I I don't think I told you this, but I've actually been looking for someone uh, that does what you do to have on the podcast because I've had artists, musicians, I've had business people and all sorts of different things. But like I told you, I am an avid Top Chef fan. And I'm just like, man, I feel like people that cook. That is a creative endeavor that I am missing as a guest on the podcast. And so that I'm really glad to have you on here today. Thanks for coming on. 
Thank you so much for having me. You're doing some really cool stuff. So I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, thank you. I'm just having a great time. But first, let's introduce yourself to listeners, uh, maybe introduce them to your your cooking, to what you do as well. But what's actually important to know about Elizabeth? So I'm Elizabeth. I've been married for 22 years. I have two kids, Lena and Lucas. Lena is 15 and Lucas is, he just turned 12 a couple days ago. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. We've been all over the place. We've been in Illinois, Milwaukee, Raleigh, Houston, and now Charlotte. So we've traveled a lot. I've learned a lot along the way. I'm a kindergarten teacher. I taught for nine years and then I was a stay-at-home mom for nine years. And then I went back when my son Lucas went to kindergarten. So I like to say we started kindergarten together. So I am now changing roles and I am going to be an ESL teacher, English as a second language to kindergartners and first graders, teaching them how to read and, you know, really encouraging our little friends as they are coming into the country and Mm. uh, learning a new language, something really near and dear to my heart. So also, you know, those are the big hats that I wear, but then I wear a lot of small little hats and I like to call them, you know, my little hobby hats. I always have something going, always. I always have. I like to stay busy. It's how I feel like I thrive. And I just, I like structure, but I also like a little chaos. <laughs> I don't know why I do it to myself, but I, I really thrive <laughs> in that type of environment. <laughs> yes. So my other hats are I teach Zoom classes for Michael's Corporation. And so I get to teach kids crafts. And I do that about once a week. It's super fulfilling. I love it. I can have upwards of 250 kids in a class. That's really fun. And then I'm a guest chef on our Charlotte radio or news stations. I do that about once a month, probably, or twice a month, just depending on when they want to have me. That's been really fun to learn live TV. That's it's awesome. been something that I never saw coming, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm, I'm really enjoying it enjoying live TV. I also run an Instagram page. It's called La Cozy Casita. I think it's a good mix of my Mexican American heritage, you know, kind of Spanglishy, La Cozy Casita. So it's all things that happen in my house. I like to make a cozy home. Mm. And so it's heavy on cooking. And my my biggest thing right now that I'm so thrilled is that I was on the Food Network I was on a show called Guy's Grocery Games, and it just aired in July, and it was an op- a really cool opportunity for me. I, I call it a total God thing, and they were doing a special episode called Teaching Teams, and so mm. teachers were paired up with celebrity chefs, and we were able to cook, and it was super exciting. I took home the W, so that was really fun. That's so cool. Yeah. And what a wonderful opportunity to meet some people that, I mean, when are you going to get to do that sort of a thing? Oh my gosh. That's, that's amazing. I, I really <laughs> enjoy guys, diners, drive-ins and dives and stuff, but I've watched a little bit of guys grocery games too. So I'm going to have to make sure to get on Discovery Plus and, and rewatch uh, some episodes and, and be on the lookout for you. <laughs> it was so fun. It was such a blast, such a blast. So when did this cooking or being a home cook, a home chef, as we were talking about, when did that become maybe the ultimate goal, if it is your ultimate goal, but when did that become so important and run us through how this began? 
you know, I think there's this crazy saying, God works in mysterious ways. And, you know, as, as my life unfolds, I can see where it has prepped me to the place that I am now and maybe even beyond, I don't know. But from a very early age, I lived with my grandparents for a lot of my growing up years, my formative years, and they are immigrants from Mexico. And, you know, I was obsessed from maybe the age of eight watching cooking shows on TV like PBS. I loved watching Julia Child. I love watching Young Can Cook, like all these amazing chefs. And I was not watching Nickelodeon. I was watching cooking <laughs> shows as a third grader. It was so wild. And then I would just sit at my grandma's feet in the kitchen and I would just watch her make these dishes. And I saw how it brought, you know, our Mm. family together. And I just, I really love that. So then when I um, got married, I started cooking and I could not really cook. I I took a home ec class and I really enjoyed that. And I really, this stands out to me that one of the first meals I made for my husband when we were newlyweds was like baked chicken and Italian dressing. And then I think I had white rice, had white rice, white bread, white potatoes. And I don't think a veggie to be seen. And he's like, wow, there's a lot of white on this. <laughs> so I thought, oh my goodness, I need to figure out how to cook because I know I love to eat. I love to, I love what I see. I got to figure this out. So it really wasn't until I was pregnant with my eldest daughter that I realized, you know, when my grandma passes, all of these memories, all of our food heritage goes with her. And Mm. if I'm not here to pass that along, what a disservice I'm giving my children. And so, you know, I went to, at this time, then she had lived, she's in Texas. And so I flew out to be with her and all the while, you know, I was asking, I was writing to her, this was before, you know, FaceTime. And I would ask her recipes for enchiladas or chile or chile con carne. I would ask her about all of these things and she would write them down in her shaky grandma handwriting. And, you know, she would just, grandmas don't know. They just say a little of this, a little of that, you know, and I was like, what does that even mean? And when I went to go visit her, you know, I would say, as she was getting ready to put salt in or chila peppers or whatever, I literally would catch it in my hands and I would measure it out and I would write it down. And then I would taste and go and until I got, you know, my footing, but that's how I started. And so I have just been on this mission. It's been 15 years now to figure out these recipes of hers. And, you know, that's what I ended up cooking on guys' grocery games were some of her recipes, which were, it was just like a dream come true. It was so cool. So yeah, that that was my big big thing. That's my that's what drives me now. That's hilarious, though. My, I know that my grandma has like some recipes that is just like uh, two Cool Whip containers. Of... <laughs> yes, <laughs> you go by taste. That's how they go go by. You know, I know that now. But you're like, what does that even mean? It's not the actual big Cool Whip. Whip. It's like two Cool Whip, Whip yeah. containers of of like, rice, or like when it's just like what in the world, <laughs> or a uh, country crock butter container yes. of. <laughs> Totally. Just that. grab one out of your utility drawer. I'm sure you have some yes. country crock in there oh, yeah. with some yep. knickknacks in there. It's so funny. Best Tupperware <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, gosh. What, what have you learned most about yourself along this journey? What are some things that maybe have surprised you or um, caught you a little bit off guard? I never 
in a million years I would be on the food. It was a pipe dream, you know, that I thought, oh, maybe that would be cool one day. But, you know, there's just that that voice inside your head that what are you talking about? And I think big dreamers have that, you know, that that voice is like you can achieve it all. You can achieve everything, whatever that all is for you. But then there's also that like nagging voice that brings it down Mm -hmm. a little bit like, you know, but, you know, if you shoot far, you're going to land somewhere else, you know, somewhere higher than you are currently, I think. So, you know, I have been very surprised about my ability to be on camera and live TV, especially that's a completely different beast. You don't get cut out, you know, whatever you say it, that's what, that's what goes out there. So, you know, there's a lot of prayer that happens on my way to those live shows. I'm just like, Lord, please don't let me say anything stupid. And listener, we've already cut Elizabeth off at least three or four times and and unedited some things. So it it just happened. No, we we haven't. No edits have been made so far on this entire podcast. Well, you never know. You never know. (laughs) But, you know, my grandpa Garcia, he taught me to be very proud of my Mexican Mm. heritage. And as a child, you're just trying to fit in. So what, whoever you're around, whatever you are surrounded by, that is what you then become. And so, you know, I've always been, I've always been proud to say I'm a hundred percent Mexican, but I would say that I, I didn't really come back to my culture until college. And then also a little bit in high school where I was relearning the language. Mm. It, it was my first language. I forgot. I, I had to lose a lot of it. At that time in the 80s, it was discouraged to be bilingual. So I've had to relearn a lot of Spanish in high school and college. And I just really fell in love with my culture. And so since I'm not completely fluent, I would say I'm bilingual. This is a way that I can pass on my culture to my children. And I never really thought that I would be this deep in, you know, a food heritage, a food culture. But it's been really exciting. And thank goodness my husband loves Mexican food. (laughs) Do you have a favorite recipe? I think grandma's chile con carne is my favorite. It was the first meal I made on live TV, but it's also the first dish she taught me how to make. And when I asked her about it, she said that that recipe has been in our our Mm. family for over 150 years. So it's an archaic <laughs> recipe. And so I just think that like, there's a lot of story behind that. That's amazing. Dish. Do you have a, a video or a link to that recipe or anything? I do. I do. I can share it with you. Oh, like I said, great. it's my first, it was my first live uh, news segment. So it's a little rusty, but I do have <laughs> that. And I also have it on my Instagram page. I'm, I'm post my recipes there and make little reels on that page. La Cozy Casita. I'll throw that into the show notes and then also into my email list for for everybody as well so that they can uh, see that or or get the recipe and try that out. I I know that I would be interested to to try that out myself. Yeah, my wife really enjoys trying new recipes and stuff. And I enjoy cooking as well, but she kicks me out all the time. (laughs) It's her kitchen. So (laughs) maybe I'll sneak in for this one. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Well, I mean, this is a change, though. It's kind of going from your teaching, your big hats, and then the small hats are are starting to to grow on you a little bit. And how has your sense of purpose changed as you've gone through different seasons? What's been consistent, and what maybe have you had to learn? 
Well, you know, the pandemic changed us a lot and it was, it was really hard on everybody, but it was really hard on teachers. Mm -hmm. And I would just come home like so discouraged. It was hard and teaching kindergarten, you know, without a teaching assistant, because our teacher assistants were helping, they were subbing for other teachers who had COVID. Well, it was actually the second year after COVID. So this was our first full year. And we had our, our, my kindergarten kids, they hadn't been to preschool. So I had 21 kids who hadn't been to preschool in two years, and they really didn't know how to eat. They didn't know how to mm. open packages. They didn't know how to clean up after themselves. They didn't know how to go to the restroom, put on their coats. It was a lot. It was super, super taxing. And so I come home and, you know, if you, if you know any educators in your life, it's, it's not odd to come home crying and bring home that baggage with you. And it was, it was really hard. And I knew before I got pregnant with Lena, I knew I wouldn't be in the classroom forever. And so I went back and got my master's in elementary reading and literacy because I knew I wanted to teach small groups. Mm. Well, I would come home so discouraged and upset and having a really hard time. And, you know, I started looking at corporate jobs and I thought, I, I've got to get out of this. I, I I still love it. I love my babies. I love what I do. It's rewarding, but it's so taxing. I can't yeah. keep up with this. And so my husband was very encouraging to me. And he just said, but what are you good at? You are really good at teaching. You're really, really good at teaching. That doesn't mean you have to be a teacher. There are mm. so many things that you can do that you're still teaching. You're still making an impact. And that's why I loved being a teacher is because I could you know, make such an impact in a big way. And it's hard to leave that. And then for me, it was going to be hard to sit behind a desk. And he knew it. He said, you know, that's not, that's yeah. not who you are. You, you're, you're not going to sit behind a desk. And so he just really encouraged me to expand my horizons and look outside of just teaching in the classroom. And that's when just God opened all of these windows and opportunities for me. And at this point, I thought, okay, I'm going to really start building my Instagram account. I'm going to start, we have to eat anyway, as a family. So I'm going to just be recording it. I'll, you know, cut the reels later, but I'll just start doing this. And that's how I was found by some, a recruiter for Food Network. And at the time, I only had 600 followers. Um, but, you know, I was consistently posting consistently. Mm -hmm. Whoever watched it, they watched it. But I thought this can't be off or not. You know, I, I, there's, there's something in desperation that makes you work even harder. And I hate to use that word because like, hear me say, I really, really, truly love teaching. And I loved my class. I really did. But it was, like I said, it was just very taxing. And it wasn't sustainable for me personally. Yeah. And so that drove me to figure out that there is something out there for me that is different. It's still teaching. It's just different. Mm -hmm. So That's a really good advice to say, you know, what are you good at? You're good at teaching, but you don't have to do that in the exact same place that is expected. I mean, that's why you're probably a great presence on television and you're doing great on this podcast. You're so clear Thank and you. concise with your with what you have to say. Well, that's teaching. That's it, you practice communicating how often to some mm -hmm. of the toughest crowds too. I mean, <laughs> that's You got to keep their attention. Huh? Uh, I'm sure that the, they they love you so much though and, and I bet the toughest crowd would probably be if you were a high school teacher. That would be woof. But but I mean They love you no matter what. Kindergarten is great. Oh, for sure. 
but I mean, I'm sure that uh, you've grown in your confidence since then. I, I mean, it, imposter syndrome happens to all of us. Uh, that voice that you're saying was in your head of, do I deserve to be on the Food Network? Mm-hmm. Like, I only have 600 followers. Why are you reaching out to me? Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just that conviction to do something and create something. I just, I love that. And I, I think that that's what we're about on the Opportunity Collective is just putting something good out there into the world and um, encouraging one another to do good works and to love one another well and um, Mm -hmm. to glorify God in the things that he has called us and convicted us uh, with. So, and maybe that turns into a full-time thing. Maybe it doesn't, but I am encouraged by, by your story. So thanks for sharing that. How are you, how are you balancing that though? Being a teacher right now, still, and also pursuing this side gig, this small hat of, of being a home chef. <laughs> well, it has getting out of the classroom and going to be an ESL teacher. I'm pulling out groups now. So I don't have the responsibility of a full-time classroom, which I already feel lighter in my career. And it's mm. allowing me a little extra time. So that's kind of nice. But, you know, my husband and my family, they have been super supportive through this because they've seen me really sad (laughs) and they know, like, I I do want to do something else. Um, And so, you know, like I said before, we all have to eat anyway. So (laughs) I'm just recording the process. It takes a little bit longer to record, but I can go back and slice it out. And it's super important for me to be present in my family. It's super important to, you know, we only have three years left with Lena. And, you know, when mm. people say it goes fast, it's, it's so true. It's so true in a flash. And, you know, we are just given these precious babies. They're given to us. They are not ours. They're given to us. And so what we do with them and how we, we guide them and lead them and we teach them to, to love the Lord and know the Lord, that's my first job, first mm-hmm. and foremost. And so it's important to me to be able to give them as much of myself as I can and my husband. And so I have to try to find the balance. And so, like I said, I record and then later after they've gone to bed, that's where I am working on the reel. So it usually takes about an hour to make a reel. Lucky for me, my husband falls asleep pretty soon, (laughs) you know, at nine, around nine, and I'm a night owl and an early bird. But I kind of do that really quick and then, you know, post it whenever I can. If it's been a really tiring day, I'm not posting every day. I'm I'm just not, yeah. it's not, mm-hmm. I, I just can't do it. This is not my full-time job. And so a lot of people who follow me are moms, I think. And so they get it too. And it's not like they're waiting, you know, on the edge of their chairs and they can't wait for me to post. It's not like that at all. But I also think that's kind of what I've created. I haven't created a, I'm posting every single day kind of you know, platform. But I am trying to post a couple times a a week. And I try to make the posts quality posts. So I'm trying to make sure that I'm giving our my followers a recipe or a tip or, or something like that. So that it's not just like, you know, here's this grass growing. Which uh, is probably most of my posts is just a bunch of grass. (laughs) Here's another infographic. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I got to work on that. But for people who really enjoy watching grass grow and they want to learn more. There you go. There's an audience for everything. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But not Uh, not on mine. Not yet. My viewers don't want to see that. (laughs) 
Well, one skill set that kind of comes with all of this too. I mean, your first job being a mother and teaching them the ways that they should go. And then a teacher, that's that's hospitality, being a teacher and welcoming, especially the students that you have, welcoming them in and making them feel safe and welcome and being a warm presence for them. And then food is hospitality. It, it, cooking and eating, I mean, that is that's the name of the game. You have people over and you feed them, but that's, that's what hospitality is all about. Yeah. So I think that's a really cool skill set that you offer. Mm-hmm. And as a teacher, how could you teach people who might be like, I don't really do hospitality all that well, nor do I want to sometimes, <laughs> but what are the benefits of that and some of the opportunities that have come from being hospitable and how could somebody improve upon their hospitality? Mm-hmm. That's so good. You know, I, I've been told that I have the gift of hospitality. I didn't really truly know that that was a gift or a gift that I had. And I think culturally, uh, the Latin community is very hospitable. And so I think in America, like my husband and I were very different when it comes to hospitality. I was grown, I was raised to, you know, you don't have to have a big plan, just have some food. You know, anybody can come over. Your your rooms don't have to be painted. Your walls don't have to be perfectly clean. You know, people aren't looking at that anyway. They want to be with you. They want to be around you and they want to eat your food. And so, it, and it doesn't even matter if it's great food. It's just the act of being together. You know, it says in Acts 2, 46, like they broke bread and they ate with glad and sincere hearts. You know, that's, that's just something that, I have posted in our house that, you know, even if you're not, if if you're not a good cook, if you don't feel like you are hospitable, Mm. just clean a little, clean off your table so someone can sit there or clean one little area of your home to invite people in. It could be just as, as simple as coffee and cookies, whatever it is, or a potluck, whatever it is, but the simple act of inviting people into your home there's a sense of letting your guard down and letting people mm-hmm. see who you are. And there's a safety that comes along with that, I think. And, you know, I think we just, we just see it. It's, it's terrible the way we see it, but we just see like, oh, I need to m- clear my calendar or, you know, I need to make sure that I don't have like all these things going on. Or if you do have an empty Saturday in your calendar, you want it for yourself. But so much can be gleaned from having people in your home and helping each other yeah. out and you know when 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 you're down who's gonna show up for you it's those people that you've invited into your home and you've created and built a community with so i think it's really really important to build community and hospitality right you don't have to be a good cook to just put a coke <laughs> on the table and clear out a space or put uh you know easy bake uh chocolate mm-hmm. chip cookie from That's the right. The freezer section on into yeah. the oven. So, yeah, I I think it just takes a lot of remixing your priorities too. Though it is so hard, especially nowadays. I think people uh, aren't really as trusting, or it's a vulnerability to welcome somebody into your home. Mm-hmm. It's a vulnerability to go to somebody's home <laughs> and to mm-hmm. to put yourself into their environment, but. It doesn't always have to start that way either. You can be hospitable mm-hmm. outside of the home sure. too and invite people into your life. Uh, if you have somebody mm-hmm. that it might be a little bit lonely, invite them to mm-hmm. your kid's soccer game. 
to watch with you and bring them a beverage uh, in your cooler Absolutely. along with you and uh, a chair along with you as well. Or if, if there's another mom and you're both so busy or a dad that is really busy too, staying at home with the kids, invite them to go grocery shopping mm-hmm. uh, with you and tag team the, yeah. the Kroger. So it's absolutely a we lot need of each other. Ways. Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. And, and that's the, that's the whole thing. It's being an Island is not going to help you get opportunities by putting your head down and really grinding and hustling. If you're not mm-hmm. inviting other people into that experience, then what's the whole point? Exactly. And other people have skills and gifts that you could use and you have skills and gifts that they could use as well. So hospitality being mm-hmm. one of yours, do you have any other that you can think of that skills, gifts, stuff that you would want to offer somebody in the Opportunity Collective? Well, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm constantly putting up recipes and sharing Mm -hmm. tips and tricks. Right now I'm doing a series on how to prepare your kindergartner for school. I was just on the Charlotte News, the Charlotte Today Show a couple days ago, teaching about cafeteria, like how to prep your kid and your kindergartners for the cafeteria. Yeah. That we might not think about as, as parents. And so I just added another tip about how to help your child become independent and pack their own lunches. And so I, I think I'm still young, but I'm really not. I'm 45 and I'm in a new season of life where, you know, I were, my husband and I, we are raising independent children, you know, they don't need us as much anymore. And so I'm hoping to just kind of share what I've learned as a mom, but also, it's just, it's real lighthearted. My page is, is pretty lighthearted, but I enjoy sharing that. I enjoy collaborating with people in that way. Yeah, I think that's great. We'll put a, a link to your Instagram as well in the show notes. So make sure you're following Elizabeth uh, for some of that different content and, and tips and recipes. And uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun to to follow if you are not. I know I am already following it and enjoying it. So <laughs> Uh, so what's going well for you, though, on, on these food projects? And what are you struggling with or finding difficult? Well, of course, being on Guy's Grocery Games, holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that. I'm just, like, so thrilled about that. Like, what just and happened? Winning <laughs> and winning it. And winning it. Like, what? So I'm hoping, you know, a lot of times those chefs are asked back. And I'm hoping, especially the winners, so I'm hoping I'll get other opportunities in that way. I have a couple of leads there, so we'll see. I don't know. And then, you know, once you are in a certain, you know, area, you start just getting leads. Like one person sees you and they're like, oh, hey, would you like to do this or would you like to do that? And so that's been super exciting for me, you know, just to see that, like, this is like not that it's snowballing but my whole summer ever since the show has aired has been filled with interviews and opportunities and it's been really exciting oh all right gosh it's gonna be so cool to see where all that goes uh i'm I'm excited i'll keep tabs as well what are you struggling with or finding difficult i think and you know maybe dads feel this way too but moms we feel like we are never giving enough We Mm. feel like we're never giving enough to our kids or we're never giving enough to our job. 
And we constantly feel like we need to do more, we need to do more. And so I think that's a struggle where you're always, you know, second guessing yourself, especially as the kids get older. And it's like, oh my goodness, did I do that right? Did I, you know, did I say this wrong or, or whatever it is? And I think that's human nature, but I think if you are in tune with that, it kind of helps you recalibrate sometimes. Yeah. Gosh, that's really hard to balance, especially as stuff continues to snowball for you with this and more opportunities. It looks great and everything, but not letting that take away from all these other things that you care about. And, but also knowing that it's a great example. What an example you are giving to your children of, of just how to work, how to work hard, how to glorify God in the things that you're doing. So mm-hmm. I, I just think that that's a, an amazing thing that you're doing. And, and when you're discouraged about that, just remember, it's a great example of Thank how you. to balance these things, because your kids are going to have to balance those too. And you're far my- more experienced in this than I am, because you know, I'm <laughs> eight month old. <laughs> I I'm, I'm about to learn yeah. a whole bunch of stuff. So. <laughs> You are. And, you know, something our pastor has said time and time again from the pulpit, and it's just, it's really stuck with me. But he says, you know, we want to bring our A game to work yeah. and we bring our B, our B game home. But who's going to be around your when you are passing? You know, you're not going to remember those people in the board meetings with you. You know, mm-hmm. work hard and do it to the glory, for the glory of God, but you bring your A game home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Guy Fieri's not going to be there. <laughs> that's well, right. Who knows? Maybe. That's right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh man! But those are the people that matter. The people yeah. that you live with. The people you know. You're eating dinner. That's that's just a good like plumb line. I think when you start to veer in a different direction, it's like, hold on, let's let's get these. You know, let's figure this out. As you continue to snowball and our opportunities are coming, are there any ways that Opportunity Collective members might be able to help you with any of your projects or with any services or skills, gifts that they have? Yes. I mean, a lot in the social media realm, you know that a lot can be said for when somebody comments on your posts, they share your posts, they like your posts. That's a lot. And, you know, it catches the eye of people. And this, the Michaels opportunity that came about because, and it was a dream come true when, when that happened, I had tears in my eyes, like only God could do something like that. So take something that I love and Mm. help me get paid for it. And so my, my cousin, she works for a consulting agency and somebody from the company messaged her and said, Hey, you know, we're, we're going to have to give this up. Michaels is asking for this very selective person, somebody who works with kids, who's good with crafts, who has experience on live TV and, and experience with Zoom. And she was like, wait a second, that sounds like my cousin. And so, you know, just putting yourself out there and uh. telling people about your skill set, you know, something that is so small and so refined like that, like how in the world, how, you know, and I'm sure Michael's was thinking the same, like, how are we going to find something, you know, anybody can be taught anything pretty much, but to just come out of the gate being experienced in this way, you know, that's, that's pretty rare. And so I think just listening and 
seeing how you can help other people and just connecting people with one another. And that's how I got my news um, leads as well is just, Hey, I know this person. I think she would be really good on live TV. I've never, I've never been on live TV, but you know, I have learned a lot through Instagram of all, all places, you know, I've learned through Instagram. And so, you know, what are you good in and tell people about it? you know, show people, mm. share with people and do the same for others. Offering it up. Yeah. It's, it's as easy as here's how I can help you and how I want to help. And, and then asking other people for the same of, Hey, can you help me with this? And giving them the opportunity to share what they're excited about, passionate about. Yeah. That's a uh, collaboration right there. Well, uh, mm-hmm. I want to kind of end this uh, on a silly question because I was just wondering this myself. If you were a vegetable, since you're a home home cook. I thought this would be good. If you were a vegetable, which one would you be and why? Okay, you're going to laugh because I thought peppers, like okay. I would be a pepper, you know, like a peppers can be a lot of things. They could be like a bell pepper, a chile pepper, but you know, I've got some Latina spice, some fire. I, I'm thick skinned. There you go. <laughs> so I feel like, you know, I can bring a little fire, but I can also bring a little sweetness. You have to, to be a kindergarten teacher for sure. Mm-hmm. And you also have to have a thick skin and be, and be tough, you know, because these parents are giving us their babies. These yeah. are their babies and they are entrusting us with them for the whole school year. And so they're constantly like second guessing you and making sure that, you know, your kids aren't being bullied or whatever. And I know this as a parent, we think worst case scenarios, you yeah. know, so, so you do have to have a thick skin and be a little fiery, but you peppers are very versatile too. You can have them raw, you can have them cooked, you can have them in Thai food, Mexican food, you know, American food. They're very versatile. And I feel like that is how I am as well. That's great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love the explanation too. A lot of times people will just be like, oh, I would be a tomato. And I'm like, that's not a vegetable. But uh, just because I like them. <laughs> I know. I was like, is it pepper a vegetable? <laughs> is it? Oh, I wonder. Uh, it might be a fruit. Ah, uh, this is something. You have to, some, you have something to, to edit up. that, say fruit or vegetable. I don't know. The seeds. Yeah. Fruit or vegetable. Oh. <laughs> What's your favorite, uh, what, what produce product would you, <laughs> would you be in? Why? There, there you go. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, where can listeners find you? You mentioned your Instagram. Is there anywhere else that they might be able to, to find your work and ask you questions and collaborate with you if they're interested? So, yes, I am La Cozy Casita, La underscore Cozy underscore Casita on Instagram. I'm Elizabeth Barrick everywhere else barrack like army barracks but it's spelled b-a-r-r-i-c-k i am most active on instagram but i am trying to hopefully merge to youtube yeah um, we'll see we'll see how that goes i think it's just a simple you know upload but like i said i'm trying to balance things out it's it's already done so i just have to you know take it on over there michaels they will upload they upload my craft classes to YouTube as it is anyway. So people can find me on YouTube just by finding my name. So that's how you can be in touch with me. My email address is elizabethbarrick.business at gmail.com. All right. I'll put all that in the show notes and uh, in the email, like I've mentioned. And uh, 
hopefully uh, if somebody is uh, interested and and could help you out or has a question for you they go ahead and do that don't be nervous uh, elizabeth is really very sweet and easy to talk to as you can already hear so reach out thank you let's collaborate we're going to continue to create more opportunities for ourselves but more importantly for others well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Elizabeth Barrick. I know I did. I know I'm going to have to try that recipe that she shared with us and the collective. It's going to be in the show notes. So if you're a cook and you want to try out an authentic recipe, go on into the show notes and, and download that recipe and let me know how it goes. I hopefully will be making it sometime soon and you can check that out. Maybe I'll post a story on my Instagram Make sure you're following me on Instagram. But I just love that she is sharing different things that are really near and dear to her heart, like that recipe. And these are opportunities for you to get to try something new, learn some new skills, and collaborate with other emerging leaders, creatives, and entrepreneurs. And one thing that I am working on that will be coming out sometime in the near future is called the Collab. And this is a gathering of the Opportunity Collective and what I want for it is for it to be a space where you can network and share about the things that you are passionate about and excited about and know how to ask other creatives, entrepreneurs, faithful, emerging leaders for ways that they might be able to help you and help you create opportunities to grow and to continue to live that purpose-driven life that you are living. So if you are interested in that, the only way to know when that's going to be is by signing up on the email list. And of course, the link to that is also in the show notes. You're going to also hear different announcements about different podcast episodes as they come out. You'll learn when the collab is going to happen and there will be other uh, special events, content information that will help you create more opportunities and know how to collaborate together. I don't want you to join the collab without having the opportunity to prepare, to know how to share what you need and how to share what you have to offer. So if you're struggling to know those things, stick to it and we will continue to uh, learn that information and help you be prepared before you join the collab. So you don't have to be anxious about networking with another stranger, but they're not a stranger. They're just another member of the Opportunity Collective. So. Make sure to sign up for that there, and we're going to catch you next time. We'll have another interview with a, a fantastic leader, creative, faithful entrepreneur here on the Opportunity Collective podcast.